Hey, welcome back. Welcome back, welcome back. Welcome back, welcome back. Remember that? Welcome back, Cotter. Um, so, Enlil versus Enki Sumerians tell a different story than academic historians. What we're all about, and so we're gonna continue on that. Continue with Sumerians tell a different story than the academic historians. It's on Sumerian Origins YouTube station channel. This poem starts off with a general description of Nana's primary job: sailing his crescent-shaped boat across the night sky to illuminate everything. He spends some time afterward talking to Enlil counting his herds, and writing down their numbers by the goddess of writing, Nisaba. The poem goes on to praise Nana for his generous gifts of healthy herds of animals and agricultural abundance. This is specifically focused on alcoholic drinks. <laughs> the Mesopotamians of the time saw the goddess Nankasi as associated with beer specifically, <laughs> but this poem also pushes Nana into this role. The descent of Inanna's story also mentions Nana. When Inanna has trouble coming back from her underworld journey, they ask Nana, among others, to help. Another mention of this popular god was in the Curse of Agade. In this one, Nana acted as an appeaser or mediator to try to soften his father's anger with people. Nana and Ningal together. Early in the Mesopotamian theology, Inanna's elder sister, Ereshkigal, became the ruler of the underworld. This was not a judgmental role. Instead, she simply kept all the dead souls down there where they could not cause any trouble. The religious beliefs of the people did not have any concept of afterlife, rewards or punishment. They just descended to the underworld where everything was generally miserable. A surprising turn came about in the third dynasty of Ur, when Nana transcended his role as the god of the moon and wisdom, and also became the god of afterlife judgment. People no longer went to a dusty realm of discomfort and darkness automatically when they died. Now their friends and family members could appeal to Nana to get them a better position after they passed on. They also worshipped their home city's patron god or goddess, and the one specifically worshipped by the individual. If they were successful, the deceased could enjoy drinking beer, eating bread, and generally feeling much more comfortable in the underworld. Nana took on the role of a type of bridge between the living and the dead. He handled both with wisdom and fairness, meted out judgment, and even intervened for both the deceased and the living in many cases. This was not adopted as general belief everywhere at that time. For example, people in Sumer stuck with the idea of a dull and dreary afterlife, no matter what. Some of the responsibility for judgment of the deceased also fell to Ningal. Artwork created around those times would sometimes depict semi-precious stone eyes of Ningal. These were the type of warning or promise that this god was watching people to judge their activities and decide what type of afterlife they would have. One of the most unique and special pairs of eyes were presented to the ruler named Nabonidus. It was not unusual for the Mesopotamian people to carve eyes in stone, but these were specifically dedicated to Ningal and associated with the afterlife. 
is it a coincidence that, uh, you know, like Syria is involved talking actually about, like, modern-day Syria? Is it, is it a coincidence that those, those are the countries we're at war with? It's almost like they're trying to cover something up, isn't it? Others were used as amulets or talismans intended to protect the wearer or carrier from bad luck and judgment. Way back at the beginning of the Mesopotamian civilization, the people accepted seven different gods and goddesses as the primary pantheon they worshipped. This included Anu, Enki and Enlil, Ninhusag, Nana, Shamash and Inanna. Each had their own role, interacted with people in different ways, and were responsible for various aspects of everyday life, the afterlife, and godly duties not specifically important in the physical world. Godly Throughout Jesus? the centuries, many of them changed identity or purpose. However, Nana stayed basically the same as the god of the moon and wisdom. Perhaps because of this amazing staying power, he was also readily adopted by the Assyrians when they came to power in the area around 600 BCE. In fact, evidence of his worship and belief stretched all the way from 3500 BCE up until around 300 BCE, which is an amazingly long time for any diverse group of people to believe in the same God in the same way. I, I am a primary a, care physician. I think it must have been a real God. I mean, entity. Oh no! What the fuck? Not over yet, is it? It's called him the Illuminator, as it was specifically associated with the moon that would form the only type of light at night time. Because he was associated with being wise, many different rulers honored him and claimed his name as part of their own. After all, if a king aligned himself with the God of Wisdom, it would be much easier for him to convince his people that he was a fair and just ruler. This included Naram-Sin, who ruled from approximately 2260 huh. to 2200... Wow, what the hell is that? Very interesting. It's this stone carving on the side of a mountain. Incredible. They're, they're like holding on to a ring. What the fuck is that? BCE. And it's generally thought of as one of the most powerful kings in the Akkadian period of that first civilization. During this time, Nana was given multiple names that meant everything from embellisher to he who shines forth to the fruit. In later years, when the Babylonians adopted him for their own purposes, he was considered a son of the great god Marduk instead of Enlil. Stories of Nana from long ago. As the records of Nana began very early in the civilization, it makes sense that he showed up in quite a few well-known stories. The ultimate Mesopotamian tale, the Epic of Gilgamesh, identified Nana and his parentage over Ishtar and Shamash. 
He is praised by Gilgamesh himself in this work for inspiration and changes that came to the hero. He is mentioned as the guardian of the future and the keeper of time who could look either way through time to clearly see destiny and change it. Another great legend in which Nana appeared is called The Journey of Nana to Nippur. This story has him load up a boat near his temple Inur and travel to Nippur to give all these great gifts to his father. What is Nippur? The boat is full of animals, plants and especially large trees. Sounds, During... sounds like Nippon, which is the name for Japan. He is praised by Gilgamesh himself in this work for inspiration and changes that came to the hero. He is mentioned as the guardian of the future and the keeper of time who could look either way through time to clearly see destiny and change it. Another great legend in which Nana appeared is called The Journey of Nana to Nippur. This story has him load up a boat near his temple Inur and travel to Nippur to give all these great gifts to his father. The boat is full of animals, plants, and especially large trees. During the journey up the river, he pulls into port at five different cities to honor the lesser gods that are patrons and protectors of those places. Finally, he comes to Enlil's temple in Nippur. They eat a great feast, and Nana asks for a few favors. These include a large quantity of sweet water in the river, abundant crops for the people, plenty of honey and wine, and to live an exceptionally long time so he can enjoy all of it. A bitter palace and garden. Okay. <clears throat> oh, needle. Okay, drawings from the excavation show that this relief of a pomegranate tree was part of a large wall panel from the palace of King Ashurbanipal in Nineveh, Iraq another place of the world where we've destroyed. It depicts the palace garden and the king and queen after a fierce battle against the Elamite enemy in the 7th century BC. After the wall reliefs were excavated in 1854, they were sawn into pieces. Taken here up the foot of the palace garden eventually made its way to Leiden. Huh. Oh, what do you know? 